have an army. We have a Hulk. Welcome to episode 112 of We Have a Hawk podcast, where we talk all things film, TV, and sometimes comic books. I'm your host, Nicola. And I'm your other host, co-pilot Chris. <laughs> and today we're flying to... Oh, we'll be flying at 330. <laughs> I never understand what they're saying. I don't know about you. It reminds me, do you remember that? That was just me failing to talk. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like that piece of cake thing with the DJ. Buffet is now open. In this week's episode... Yes, we will be talking about... Right, we've got Home of the Hogs, we'll be talking about all the things that we've been doing, watching, reading, that sort of thing for the past... Couple of weeks. Couple of weeks. But we've seen so much and done so much in the last couple of weeks that we're not going to bother with actual review sections (laughs) this week. We're just going to do like a TV... Catch-up roundup. Roundup. Yep. And then a film Film roundup. roundup. So hopefully that's okay. (laughs) So how it goes. Take things up a bit, you know. Not. <laughs> we got our interview with Eva Carradine, who plays Naomi in Handmaid's Tale and Janet Stone in Runaways. Yep. It's very exciting. I'm looking forward to more Handmaid's Tale. I know. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yes. We'll have our competition winner for the last time, which was the MCM Pop Bundle, and we'll have our new competition details, which is an X-Men bundle, just FYI. And Hog Topics, which was the best X-Men film thus far. Oh, and the ice cream van. And the ice cream van has gone. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Mr. Ice Cream Man. Yes, I think that was everything. So should we kick things off with At Home with the Hogs? What have we been doing? Let's, Sorry if that's really loud. But that is, is quite loud, loud, so maybe we'll just wait for five minutes for him to go. <laughs> Shh, Mr. Ice Cream Man. Okay. It's gonna come back. It's gonna come back. Sure. <laughs> anyway, okay. Home of the Hawks, right, doing. Yes. Start with doing. So we went to the Good Omens premiere. We did. This is super exciting for me because it was always been on my bucket list to go to a premiere. Like proper, not, you know, because you've been a competition winner or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. But under but your own steam. Exactly, you know? yeah. And we went to the Shazam one, uh, which I don't know what, I it guess it a was. a traditional premiere. No, was it? it was like the European premiere, but it was a BFI, which was a bit weird. But anyway, mm. this Good Omens premiere was at the Odeon in, in Leicester Square. Square. And this was actually kind of record breaking because it was the first premiere ever for a TV show in, in London. In Leicester Square. Square, yes. Because obviously Game of Thrones had a premiere in Belfast, I believe, the mm. last season. But yeah, how exciting was this? Yeah, very cool. I think I guess that must be a new thing now. Maybe you can do more of those. Well, I feel like TV is getting almost film quality, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it? I it's mean, especially there, yeah. budget as well. Like we'll be talking about Chernobyl later and Good Omens, but yes. yeah, I mean, just the money that's going into TV at the moment is pretty amazing. True, I guess it's just because they're all trying to compete, aren't they? Like Netflix yeah. and yeah, Amazon, true. Like, all to <laughs> I want to be the, the uh... streaming giant. <laughs> yeah, uh, which Netflix pretty much has taken over the world, right? <laughs> so far, so yeah. Far. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. We'll see. There's a lot so, more coming out. So. Yeah. Tell me more about the premiere. So, it was a green carpet. It was. <laughs> it was quite a nicely done premiere, I thought. Yeah. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, I think it was a green carpet because it was all about, like, the the initial thing, the initial thing you see in the in the book and in the TV series is that they're in the Garden of Eden, yeah. aren't they? And they had that kind of, like, made up, so it was sort of like a Garden of Eden type thing. Anyway, so we uh, went in. We saw a few of the stars from it. We did, yeah. Who did we see? Well, we actually walked past Michael Sheen and David Tennant being interviewed. Yeah, what? That was, that was cool. crazy. I managed to get a little bit 
shaky footage uh, yeah. on Twitter. Uh, but just to just to be like, we actually did, guys. Like, yeah. that actually happened. Yeah, it happened. It, <laughs> it happened. Um, they all had beards, though. We saw John Hamm as well, yeah. and he had a massive beard. I'm like, what's what's going on? <laughs> and he wore glasses. He looks a bit more like um, Steve Carell. <laughs> I really? Was like, what? Yeah, it was very bizarre. Anyway, yeah, we walked past those guys, which was yeah. pretty cool. And Went in, sat down, and then we well, saw no, 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 no. We walked past the uh, chattering nuns, but oh, yes, didn't we? Who were doing some creepy singing the st beryl's chattering order of <laughs> yes. nuns or something like that yeah and yeah we went upstairs and uh yeah we saw quite a few people just walk past us we were like oh uh okay yeah so john ham the two may guys mark gattis mark gattis yeah i was just thinking who's that tall lanky guy <laughs> who's that uk guy who's in everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and some others anyway yeah. let's continue yeah so we watched the first two episodes Yes. And then there was a short Q&A afterwards with um, cast and creators and Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman, who kind of explained the whole reasoning behind it and stuff like that. And they had a nice little tribute to Terry Pratchett as well. Oh. They had his hat and popcorn on a chair at the front. Yes, because it was pretty much his like dying wish to see it brought to screen, wasn't it? And he said, all I wanted to do was like see it on screen with a ba- like and eating loads of popcorn. Mm. So that was that was really sweet. That was nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was very good. Yes, I enjoyed mm. that whole situation. Meanwhile, that night, <laughs> yes. over the road in the uh, the Cine world, Team Two, Team Two of We Have a Hawk, yeah. <laughs> we're seeing Godzilla, King of the Monsters, indeed. And it was sort of the unofficial premiere because obviously Good Omens has stolen the premiere. Mm, blue carpet event, <laughs> blue carpet, yes. Uh, that was apparently filled full of YouTubers and um, like Beat Towie YouTubers and and you know Love Islanders. <laughs> Interesting. Weirdly enough. Mm. But yeah, the, the cast and crew came out. So Minnie Bobby Brown and there was Charles Dance um, and a couple of other, I think the director was there just to introduce the film, which is crazy. We missed out on scene 11, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, we went to see we went to see Godzilla next day. The next so day, yeah, so fair play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you went to see Hugh Jackman in concert, didn't you? I did. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was kind of creepy, Nicholas. wasn't it? That was a little creepy. Sorry. <laughs> uh yeah so he did pretty much um a load of the songs from obviously the greatest showman he did some songs from les mis uh but he also did a love kind of a other songs from like broadway as well which was pretty cool because before he became wolverine and that pretty much took up like i don't know 10 to 20 years of his life uh he did actually start in um the australian broadway Okay. equivalent or whatever it was uh so yeah he was a singer and he did a couple of different roles and things um he also did a section that i think christy would have liked it was all like singing in the rain and that okay. kind of style and it was really nice um there were a couple of guests on well one guest um who was uh kate kayla oh, i can't remember her name now the bearded woman from yes, greatest yeah, showman yeah. she did this is me and was very good, but I've heard that song too many times now. <laughs> I don't know about you. You're done with that song. Yeah, but, I, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. <laughs> but it was amazing because he, I mean, he played the piano. He did some tap dancing. He oh is my, like what the is wrong? Showman, isn't he really? he is just, exactly the great yeah. showman. Is there nothing that man can't do? And I was kind of sitting there like, <laughs> but he did this whole Wolverine thing because he was doing some like drum playing, and then he had his sticks in his hand, and then he went with them, and then it was like. Ryan Reynolds, I like to see you do this sort of thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> sure. it wouldn't, it would have been so good if Ryan Reynolds just like popped out, like <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think he's had a couple of different sort of guests on as well. I mean, I heard Taron Egerton was in one of the mm. London ones, Interesting. and I, they probably would have done like an Elton John song together, right, or something. Yeah, that that would have been amazing. That makes sense. But yeah, 
if you can go and see it, go. It's fantastic. And Fair it tells you stories as well. Yeah, very nice. You went with your mum. I did. And meanwhile, me and your dad went to see Rocketman. Yes. Which we will talk about later. Okay. You also went to see Brightburn. I did, yeah. So I went with Neil from Get Your Comic Con and my friend Chelsea. And then he brought his friend from work. And we met up with uh, DC World as well as Aspire and Kryptonian Kibler, who does the arts, who yep. are part of We Speak Geek. Um, and also Ben from the DC TV show. Hmm. which was pretty cool nice to see us all kind of back together and uh, yeah we went to the sony offices which was pretty cool i was like okay this is nice uh they gave us pizza and they had free bar (laughs) which was which was nice sweet in the deal uh and then we went and saw brightburn in like you know the little personal cinema they had and i was like oh this is good normally i'm a complete wimp and we'll talk about this later but i quite enjoyed the film pleasantly surprised i think okay interesting interesting looking forward to that yeah um also (laughs) went to orbital comics and forbidden planet while i was there too okay cool yeah so just another couple of things that we got up to and really uh, not film related (laughs) but um my dad had surgery so i went to see him in london and it all went well so he's back at home now so that's good how's he doing he's okay i think yeah Yeah, i think good yeah so far, so far so good. <laughs> yeah. um, you went to your aunt's 40th birthday? I did, yeah. So we went to a meal in a pub. It was pleasantly nice. It was quite nice. Uh, I was chasing my cousin around, which was quite fun. <laughs> yes, he's... He's small. two. By the way, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, could, that could sound a bit weird. He's not 25. <laughs> no. <don't worry>. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was really nice to see the family together. So that was good. Cool. And I also took delivery some wood. Yes. So, so Chris has got another project on and this is how this all started, <laughs> wasn't it? This at home with the hog. So what project are you doing then? I'm making a deck in the garden. Mm. So that's that. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Yeah, I need a few more bits to get that. So reading. We'll do reading. Yes. I read Good Omens after like the premiere. Three days? Three days. I wanted to get it done by Friday when it was actually going to be airing on Amazon yeah well you have this funny thing where you like to read it before you watch it don't you i can't read a book after i've watched because you just see the sort of people yeah Yeah. well i mean obviously i'd seen the first two episodes from the premiere so but i actually really clearly saw those characters in the book as who they were played so it kind of made sense to me like it didn't feel wrong at all so it's fine (laughs) yeah it worked okay um yeah very very similar i thought uh so faithful adaptation yeah, there was a few jokes and stuff moved around to fit the format better. Didn't really go into the angel side of things in the book. Okay. It was more like the demons and stuff. And yeah. Just Azuraphale, I think. And Metatron's in it, but only the voice of God. But yeah, and, <laughs> and I really liked um, the end of the show. Like, it was a really nice way to tie everything up. But mm. that was different from the book as well, I think. Okay. So yeah, just just that for you there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, we recently sorted... Oh, probably doing a book bore here now but if you enjoy reading uh we've just sorted out our bookcase haven't we and yeah. you've got your lovely collection of terry pratchett's and uh we did a little mission today didn't we we uh, <laughs> tried to go around all the charity shops to yeah, see yeah. if they had any ter- terry pratchett books sort of collect them all but i don't want to like buy brand new ones yeah I kind of like the idea of having... i'd rather get them from charity shops because yeah, yeah. you, you know the money goes to charity but yeah that's pretty f- interesting yeah, I got about like 15 of them or something. I've got, <laughs> yeah. I've got like, yeah, there's 39, isn't there, in total, or 40 or something. Oh, wow. For Discworld. For Discworld. Yeah. And then he's I done also want to get others. So. Mm. Science of Discworld and stuff like that. Yeah. Because I had a copy of the first one, but I read it on holiday, like next to the pool and pages that are coming uh. out of it and stuff. So anyway, <laughs> let's continue. <laughs> there's that. I also got um, Alter Carbon, the first book. Yeah. I think it's a trilogy, so I'm going to try and hunt down the other two books. Yeah, that's cool. That's I'm excited for more of that. Yeah. All right, so let's kick things off with TV and film roundups. 
So, TV Roundup then. Yes. So much good TV out at the moment, isn't there? It's insane. <laughs> yes. So, first off, finish Good Omens. So, six episodes. Six episodes. Yep. About an hour each episode. Something like that. Yep. yep. So, this is obviously Amazon Prime Video. Mm-hmm. So, go and check those out because it's out now. Yes. It definitely feels very Terry Patchett. I thought. Okay. That's quite it's quite charming despite it being about the apocalypse. Yeah, it's just very delightful and kind of heartwarming in a way, isn't it? The ending and all. I think that's something Terry Pratchett does really well is like bring these difficult topics to people but in a light hearted way. Yeah. Quite nice. Like he has death, his character death and stuff like that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I do need to read some Terry Pratchett books. Do you think I like them? I think you should give it a go. Okay. But this is interesting because it's Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, isn't yeah. it? I feel like Neil Gaiman's very good at world building because, you know, mm. he did American Gods. Lots of different characters there and different worlds, kind of, in a way. Yes. And um, sort of, so world building and interesting characters mixed with Terry Pratchett's sort of and more style and, and humour and, and yeah, yeah. lightheartedness. So it's a good mix, I think. I think so. Yeah. Think, yeah. Um, and it translated very well. Yes, they use the narrator to kind of bring some of that writing in, don't they? Yes, so that's Francis nice. McDormand, if I remember mm. correctly. Yes, cool. he was God. <laughs> yeah, I just really love the message of it. Like, uh, so Crowley's a demon, mm-hmm. and the Zero Fails an angel. Yep. But they're kind of questioning the values and the actions of their own sides, aren't they? Really? Yeah. So it's it's like things aren't black and white in this world. Things aren't just good versus bad all the time. And so the whole idea of angels versus demons is something that they're struggling with. They're like, yeah, be funny. Like um, Crowley says at the start, be funny if I did the good thing and you did the bad, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> and then he laughed and was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no that would yeah. be wrong. Well, the, um, the main premise is uh, obviously it's sort of about the end of the world and the right. upcoming apocalypse. Sure. And uh, so Crowley is handed the Antichrist. Right. Basically in 11 years he'll bring about the apocalypse. So mm-hmm. the big battle between heaven and hell. So the demons and angels and the, the two characters, the angel and the demon, Crowley and they've come become accustomed to Earth, haven't they? I think they've been here for about yeah. 6,000 years. They've from become correctly. friends. <laughs> they've become friends and they enjoy sushi yeah. and they enjoy books <laughs> and they like Queen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're basically saying, why are you destroying the Earth? Sort yeah. of thing. So What's... they kind of, in an interesting turn, they want to kind of bring the child up, not too good and not too bad. So yeah. he's just kind of normal in a yeah. way, isn't he? And it's a very interesting sort really? of take concept, on it, it? Yeah. yeah um and you do you know you think about these things like demons are literally fallen angels so yeah. they're the same thing essentially <laughs> do you know what i mean well the and... sad thing is i don't think crawley wanted to be a demon no no he exactly, said i just exactly. kind of chose i, I fell kind of a little bit into it. yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah. Oh. i don't fall as much as saunter gently yeah. downwards or something <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i like that and um, uh, i just got to say that you know it's it's all about the end of the world, but at the heart of it, it is about this central relationship, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And in a way, I kind of want them to be together. Is that yeah, weird? They're good friends. They it's do nice. love each other in a way, nice. don't they? And yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Michael Sheen and David Tennant are just absolutely fantastic in this show. They're yeah, yeah, so, they're so great good. Together. They're really good. They're perfect for those roles as yeah. well. I don't know if I could imagine anyone else because I think Michael Sheen went for Crowley, didn't he? Originally, what they were telling yeah. us. Yeah. And that would have been, I mean, I could see it's it because, you know, in Tron, he, Tron Legacy, he played a bit of a 
yeah. villain, didn't he? Yeah. And he does it quite well. But I really liked these two. I think they I think fit. It's perfect. The, it's yeah. A, a, a zero fail. It's a quite hard to say, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the bit at the end where Crowley's just talking to a zero fail and he's like, you're just enough of a bastard to be worth knowing, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's the message of it. It's like, yeah, they're not these, like the angels aren't these perfect beings and no. the demons aren't these hellish creatures. They're sort of, they're kind there's of there's a gray area isn't they're there? sort of human yeah. too you know somewhere <laughs> True. in between and they're just a fantastic supporting cast as well so yeah. you got john ham was amazing as gabriel yeah yep. i think uh we have francis mcdormand as I said earlier the narrator as god uh michael mckean from better call saul who was one of the witch finders so it was a very interesting mix of like supernatural elements so you had angel and demons you also had witches and yeah, yeah. and hellhounds and the form apocalypse uh, the four horsemen of yeah it was a very interesting yeah. mix wasn't it i mean witches come into a lot of terry pratchett stuff he had okay. like a whole in this world he had like a whole witches kind of series yeah but yeah it's a good mix i enjoy yeah. it okay so uh overall how would you rate this one then chris uh two thumbs up for me really really good stuff it's amazing that it's quite old like i didn't really know about this one it was in it's the like, 90s, wasn't it? I think. It's like 30 years old. Or something, yeah. Which is so, surprising. Yeah, I don't know how this like slipped to my. I never knew Vision. about it. Mm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And I feel like things that I like, like um, Supernatural, must have drawn some yeah some inspiration because from obviously over the years. crowley in that is sort of friends yeah, yeah. with it's the same kind of thing <laughs> yeah. like he's sort of not really that bad of a demon <laughs> yeah. even though he's the king, king of hell or whatever he's sort of just a slightly bad guy <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The same with Lucifer as well, because he's not, you know, hugely bad, is he? Well, I mean, he did some things. But... <laughs> he, he did some things. <laughs> he's kind of changing now. <laughs> yeah. So I give it two huge thumbs up as well. Really would yeah. recommend this. It's just such a delight, isn't it? It's so it's charming and whimsical. and Whimsical. Yeah, yeah. They have some really great like interludes as well, where they explain things through card tricks. Mm. And they have some really funny asides about winking and what winking means. And yeah. <laughs> just... It's funny because they do go off in those sort of tangents, tangents in the book. And so it's nice that they kind of include some of those segments in there. Yeah. So, yeah it's not not just the story playing out it's got some sort of the, the context of the book in there as well yeah yes. okay so next up next up we finished season five of black mirror we did there was only three of them so yeah which is surprising <laughs> i went back and actually had a look through imdb and there's normally around on average about six episodes per season mm. so yeah this felt really short i know we had bandersnatch which probably took quite a lot yeah, yeah. of time That's to true. develop that was the one-off wasn't it yeah actually Yes, that one must have taken some time. So maybe that took like some of the budget away from mm. this. But I felt like they were longer episodes, maybe. Were they? Longer? They did feel a little bit longer, yeah. They also seemed like they spent more t- more money on actors <laughs> than <laughs> actual story. I mean, they had Miley Cyrus. Yes. I mean, I'm not a fan or anything particularly, but that's a pretty big that, name. That's right? pretty impressive, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there were three episodes. There were Striking Vipers. So this was Anthony Mackie, Yaya Abdul Mateen second. Uh, from Aquaman, uh, Pom Clementine from Guardians of the Galaxy, and Ludi Lin from Power Rangers. Um, and then we had Smithereens, so Andrew Scott from Fleabag, and yes. also Sherlock, yes. uh, Topher Grace. And then we had Rachel Jack and Ashley too, which was the Miley Cyrus episode. Indeed. So what we thought sort of overall about this season? Yeah, I always really enjoyed Black Mirror. It did feel a bit different. It felt a bit more like they were going a bit more, ma- a bit trying more, to mainstream. Be a bit more mainstream. Or something. Yeah. Trying to bring in a different audience, maybe. But... um. Yeah, I really enjoyed it still. My Miley Cyrus one was a bit more out there than the other two. <laughs> yeah. I, I did like the doll though. I thought yeah, that was great. I, did, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. But uh, I did think it was a bit on the edge of reality. Yeah. Uh, but I guess most of it is sort of pushing the boundaries of what's mm. going to likely happen. 
Yeah. Um, Which was your favourite, would you say? I think Smithereen was my favourite. It was yeah. most down to earth of them and it felt like a story that is relevant now because... Social media. <laughs> social media is just... Yeah. It's just playing on our kind of... Addictive personalities in a way, isn't it? Yeah, our evolutionary instincts. And it's just kind of pulling on those strings and mm. kind of puppeteering us, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, check me every 10 seconds, check me again, scroll, keep scrolling, scroll, 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 you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was really poignant. Yeah. And then Striking Vipers was just kind of an interesting one. It was kind of like based on that San Junipero episode's technology where they could kind of go into VR land or something mm. when they were dying in that one. Yeah. Um, For me, that's got to be the best Black Mirror episode, though. That was great. That was such a good one. I feel like we need to go back and watch them all. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting. Yeah, I liked them all. That was good. What about you? Um, For me, as we've said, it didn't feel very Black Mirror for me. Because yeah. to me, Black Mirror is almost sort of... It's almost sort of now, but slightly in the future. And it's always about sort of technology and the yeah. darker side of technology and how yes. it affects humanity. Yeah. And for this, I didn't feel like there was that sort of edge to it. Because it obviously started off on Channel 4 and it was... Some of them were really dark, weren't yeah. they? And it was like quite shocking and i don't feel like this really had a sort of um a sort of message there i mean smithereens was probably the closest one mm. because obviously that was quite tragic wasn't it and True. it's an interesting story about social media but yeah it didn't quite feel like black to me. Enough. It, exactly yeah, maybe yeah. i mean i enjoyed mind. them don't get me wrong uh <clears> i thought <throat> they were great striking vipers i didn't quite understand the message <laughs> it was interesting but yeah. it didn't yeah for me though i think my favorite was smithereens and yeah i'd probably give it like a one thumb up i'd give it two thumbs up i still really enjoy it mm. yeah but I, want, I want more <laughs> okay. just give me more black mirror just give me more black <laughs> cool uh we finished season one of cobra Kai. we did and then we watched four episodes of season two <laughs> well they're just on... so sort of easy to watch aren't yeah, they yeah yeah little bite-sized chunks that you can just nibble away at yeah <laughs> What am I saying? Uh, this one's on YouTube Red. Yes. So if you want to go see this. But yeah, I really like the old school style of it. So obviously and... the, the main sort of premise is sort of Karate Kid, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. if you're a fan of the 80s Karate Kid, I think you'll love this. So it's uh, basically the grown-up characters, isn't it? So you've got uh, Ralph Macchio. Macchio? I can't remember how you say his name. Sure. Uh, it's Daniel LaRusso. And you've also got William Zabka as Johnny Lawrence. So yeah, obviously a lot of the original cast are in it. Which yeah, is and they sort of bring in sort of like little bits from the older films and they kind yeah, of yeah, intercut yeah. it, don't they? Which it's is quite nice. When they're in the same place or something, they show like the... Yeah. yeah. I like that it's quite un-PC. It feels like it is <laughs> recorded in a different time, doesn't yeah. it? Almost. I think it is like slightly old. Is I don't think it's supposed to be set. It's... Yeah, mm. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's not the best quality show ever, but it's <laughs> it's. I really like it. It's very so, charming, isn't it's, it? Yeah. And I really like the stories, and there's some morals in there as well, which sure, is quite nice. Sure. Um, the thing I think I like the most about it is obviously you saw in Karate Kid that Johnny Lawrence was the, always the bad guy, yeah, 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 yeah. and it's kind of intriguing to see it from his perspective. It's kind of flipped on its head a little bit. Yeah. So obviously they're grown up versions, and he's now running his own Cobra Kai, and he's trying to do it a little bit differently. But there's also Daniel LaRusso, who's now a car salesman, yeah, yeah. which is strange. Um, and their rivalry is still kind of going on, isn't yeah, it? He's trying to push him out and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's going back to that whole theme of like... Who's the villain, really? Yeah. 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 Who's the good, good guys and bad guys? And is that really a valid argument, argument sort of thing yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's some really great characters in this i my personal favorite is hulk <laughs> yeah <laughs> every time <laughs> it's funny every time he fights do you hear a <laughs> like in the background <laughs> yeah, it's like a little sound effect <laughs> yeah which is great <laughs> <laughs> it's good. 
So I think I'd give this one and a half to two thumbs up. I really like this. Yeah, I'll give it two thumbs up. They're I'm really enjoying it. Like so. 20 to 30 minutes an episode, aren't they? Yeah, isn't well, it? I think. Some, I think one of them is like 35 minutes. I don't really pay attention Ooh, to like the Pushing length. the boundaries. Yeah, but uh, they're not long. <laughs> no, they're shorter and than they're just so easy TV to watch. So yeah, I would highly recommend this. Next up. Big one. Chernobyl. Yes. Ooh, so this was the Sky Atlantic slash HBO yeah, yeah. thing. And it has got all the IMDb ratings, all of the money. Yes. <laughs> and it was just fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, I can't deny that this was just such a well-made and well-acted show. Yes. And it's just so it's, interesting to get all that history kind of. Yeah, but there's I, lots I think, of it I didn't know at all. Yeah, I didn't know all the details. I mean, I've looked into it a couple of times and seen like, I knew that the people went in to like deal with the water. They went yeah. wading into the water. I just assumed they'd all died and stuff like that. So th- this gives you a bit more. It really and... sheds the light on some of the stuff that actually yeah, yeah. happened, doesn't it? Yeah. Because obviously it was because um, the... oh, they were communist, weren't they? They right. they didn't record anything because they didn't want it to tarnish. What I'm trying to say is that they lied about a lot of the records. Yeah, I mean, state is the the whole thing with communism is the state is never wrong. Like the state is That's in charge, the they're yeah. never wrong, and so they've kind of got a cover-up when they do something wrong you <laughs> know because they can't have people deciding that they don't like the state kind of thing they, yeah. it's all about propaganda and mm. keeping everyone under control isn't it but yeah this is this is the best thing i've seen this year i think wow Even better than game of thrones yeah yeah, yeah. okay no interesting doubt. i was just hooked to this i mean it's dark you've got to get that out of the way it's it's obviously it's an awful thing that happens it's an awful thing that happened yes but it's just so well done isn't it it's just yeah, yeah. it's hard to kind of talk about it without getting a little bit sort of emotional isn't it <laughs> i mean episode four i'm not going to go into details because i don't want to spoil anything because i want you to all go and watch it it's fantastic but some of the things that happened there i was like oh <laughs> yeah just so hard to watch and i mean it's great that we're all finding out about it now but it is watch something happy afterwards i think is all i'm gonna say <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just think it's amazing quality and i loved all the kind of unfolding historical events and everything yeah. explosion the effort to get things under control the cover-ups and the cleanups and and the explanation of how the actual meltdown occurred you know or explosion occurred just really interesting to me and i gotta say that jared harris and stellan skarsgård were just fantastic weren't they mm. we also got jesse buckley in there from wild rose and uh, some of the cast were just phenomenal Brilliant, i mean yeah. i so don't good. i don't think there's enough from stellan skarsgård because obviously he was in thor and obviously mm. he's given you know fathered all of these amazing skarsgård children <laughs> sure. uh, but yeah he was just fantastic in this and those two those two men um valerie legoslov Legasov and Boris Shnobina. I'm sorry, I'm terrible with things. But those two people, have, we we got to thank them. I mean, most of Europe, if it wasn't for these guys, like yeah. it would be sort of wasteland. Yeah. So it's just fantastic. Yeah, radiation is just terrifying to me. Yes. Like yeah. uh, it's the idea that you can't see it or feel it at all, but it can kill you in seconds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think they said up to three three week from three weeks to three months. You that's it. <laughs> yeah it depends how much of a dose you get right yeah, i mean true. there's different doses in different areas and yeah like on that rooftop that was the oh that was horrendous i can't remember what the um i mean they they could be there for about a the... minute couldn't they um they had 90 seconds to clear, oh, yeah. clear uh, something off the roof and they just kept sending people in like you yeah. get 90 seconds each go and then come back and then go and then come back and just the so, sacrifice so these, yeah the 
the, the human loss there, yeah. the sacrifice that happened. And you wonder, like, did they know? They must it seemed have known, like right? they didn't. They probably didn't weren't that well educated oh, on okay. what it was, and they didn't understand. Maybe mm. you don't know. You don't know. But it's yeah, it's shocking. Yeah. It really is. And just the production quality as well was just fantastic. Yeah. And how they managed to recreate because it was in the eighties, wasn't it? And it just felt like the eight. I mean, I didn't question it for one minute no, no. at all. No, so yeah, just felt right, felt honest, felt true. Yeah, you know. So go and watch it, guys. Go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Next up. Uh, so we, we there's a couple of other things. So what we do in the shadows, Swamp oh, Thing. So much fun. And I watched a little bit of Deadliest Catch as well. Yeah, but yeah, Swamp Thing. Oh, what we do in the shadows? Sorry. Yeah, I, I'm really liking this. Obviously, the film's better. Sorry, could have put it yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, uh, Taika Waititi and yeah. uh, Jermaine Clement. Yeah, yeah you can't really guys. top those people. But I'm really enjoying the TV show. I think it's great. Matt Berry, father, it's just fantastic. <laughs> I mean, his voice in anything is just <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying great. it too. I don't think it's as yeah, like you say, I don't think it's as good as the other. No, one. it's a good thing to watch on like a Sunday, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, sure. I think there's two episodes on from ten o'clock on BBC Two on Sunday, and it's just fun to watch. Uh, it's just really really good if you like um, vampires and and um werewolves <laughs> yeah i think it's more sort of amusing than yeah. laugh out loud funny or anything oh, like okay that, sort yeah. of like chuckle inside sort of <laughs> inside inside voices <laughs> i don't know inside laughing yeah. yes uh swamp thing yeah we watched episode one and it has already been cancelled <laughs> what is going on with this oh dear i so. think dc universe needs to sort of really do something because it's not going too well for them by the sounds of it so that's interesting Uh, but yeah i i quite enjoyed the first episode i mean body horror and shock it was very very good and obviously it's had a lot of money spent on it yeah i mean Um, it looked great yes yeah it was sort of very much like alien and and the thing wasn't it Mm. that kind of style yeah and the location everything just looked really cool so yeah. I was really into it in that respect. I just yeah. felt I wasn't quite convinced by the actors and the dialogue necessarily. That's but uh, yeah. otherwise, it was great. So <laughs> okay. I just it took a while to kind of get into it, didn't it? Because obviously, you didn't really see much until the last little bit. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm hoping sort of a couple more episodes in will proper see Swamp Thing and things yeah. will kick off. So yeah, promising hmm. possibly. Yeah, it's a bit sort of outcasty or something. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah. I really like that. Is that coming back? I hope so. I haven't heard anything about it. Anyway, that's it for TV. Yes. Um, returning, which we're going to be watching soon, is The Handmaid's Tale, season three. Mm-hmm. We've got Big Little Eyes, season two, oh. which is surprising. I think it, it ended so well. So rounded. neatly. So neatly, yeah. yeah so, hmm. yeah. Uh, Killing Eve, season two, which I'm really excited to watch. Chris, you need to watch season one. I'm actually going to watch it at some point. I, <laughs> I need to watch it at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, we've been recommended to watch Years and Years from Get Your Comic Con. Yes. And we watched the trailer, cool. actually, and it yeah. looks pretty good, doesn't it? So yeah. it is Russell T. Davis, who has previously obviously been Doctor Who. Sure. And it's got a lot of the British cast in. And it's like sort of, it goes very varying years, doesn't it? Into like politics and, and technology yeah, yeah. and sort of social issues. So it, it looks pretty intriguing. Yeah, give it a go. Yeah. Right. So films. Films. So film roundup. So I saw Rocket Man while you were Rocket watching Man. 
You can't help but like almost want to sing along to this film, can you? <laughs> right. I mean, some of the music genuinely gave me goosebumps. Really? Like when, he, when he first wow. did that first gig in LA or whatever, that was great. Yeah. It was really well done. It just like, yeah, goosebumps. And when he sang, um, when he was in his room, no, in a room playing oh, the piano, yeah, what yeah, was yeah. it? The Moulin Rouge song. I know what you mean. Yeah. I can't, I can't tell you. But uh, it, that was brilliant as well. Yeah. Yeah. Was really cool. Taylor Egerton, brilliant. He needs to win all the awards, right? Rami yeah. Malek won them and he was miming the music. Well, I thought it was good too. I, I mean, was good yeah, too. the performance was fantastic. But I mean, Taryn Egerton singing it and acting. <laughs> fantastic. The story was more sad than I realised. Yeah, be. I didn't really know that much about Alan John's life, really. Yeah, and so that kind of put a damper on it a little bit because <laughs> yeah. I was kind of expecting a nice big just show film. And everything would be really great, and there'd just be lots of songs and stuff, yeah. and I'd just be like, da 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 da. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 some sad. sad yeah, stuff when he it, was so. at the counselling bit, and uh, kept seeing people from his past, and it was his younger self, and his mum and his dad. His mum and dad were awful people. Can I just say? <laughs> They really were. Yeah. But that's Sunglasses Collection. Fantastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the costumes in general. So how would you rate Rocket Man then, Chris? Yeah, I give it two thumbs up. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, okay. Cool. Godzilla King of Monsters then? Yeah. So I've already written my review, haven't I? And I think, yeah. did I get, what did I give it? Let's quickly talk <laughs> about it. Yeah. Briefly. Um, this is interesting because I read your review and you were like, we agreed nope. on some points, <laughs> but we did definitely have differing views to some degree. Okay. So... What was it that you said about it in general? So I kind of thought I really enjoyed the monster battles. Sure. I thought they were good. Interesting. Point number one. Okay. Point number one. (laughs) But point number two, uh, they focused way too much on the characters and the characters, the human characters were very boring and they kept kind of changing sides and allegiances and it was kind of thin. Not much character development. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my main thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I would say to start with, I thought it looked excellent and it looked expensive. Yeah. Like just large, I I imagine they must have had large form cameras with like large aperture lenses to create all that shallow depth of field and everything the photography cinematography everything it was imax okay fair play it looked great (laughs) yeah just and the cgi as well yeah it's very impressive yeah i would say looks wise it was good it was up there um i actually enjoyed the added plot (gasps) no (laughs) um here's the problem though for me okay break it down i don't like monster movies <laughs> oh okay monster movies it's just it's a couple of monsters come together in a big city and they mash each other up until one dies right i don't okay. and then the other one just goes back into the sea and that's the way they all end Fair and enough. i just don't i don't get it i don't enjoy <laughs> that i don't really particularly enjoy fight scenes unless there's i don't know unless it's really clever or something but yeah so just be aware of that okay as I give my review, but yeah, because <laughs> they had added plot and they added like these adventure scenes and stuff, it added a lot more to a, to a movie, which otherwise I probably would have found quite boring. Okay. That said, <laughs> I did have issues with the dialogue and the plot. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the best plot in the world. Well, it was sort of like, we're here and then we go into Antarctica and then we go into Peru or wherever it was. Yeah, and then... <laughs> I liked that it was around the world. And okay. So it was, it, yeah. It, it was, was all right. I didn't mind that. Uh, okay. 
You didn't. You didn't like that. Well, it was just very frantic, wasn't it? Okay, and sure. very sort of here, there, and everywhere, and human people getting like uh, if they weren't central characters, they were just getting eaten or killed and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I don't, personally, I think I was just annoyed because they very much underused Charles Dance and Millie Bobby Brown, mm. and I was like, "That's criminal! How dare yeah. you!" <laughs> I think that I think that was the best monster movie I've seen yet. Oh, bold but statement! I do think that. They had issues with plot and stuff, and yeah. I think they probably could have made it work had they put some more time into it or something. Okay. And yeah. really thought about what the characters are doing. I feel like they needed to explain what the different players' kind of motives were and stuff a little bit better. Yeah. And kind kind of just make it flow a little bit nicer. Mm. But I, 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 yeah, it was all right. It was all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that irritated me slightly was uh you know the mum i can't remember her name i know that's really bad anyway um she was supposed to be there were a lot of scientists going around wasn't there mm. um the thing that irritated me though was she was the only one that was sort of an environmental scientist and mm. they made her out like the crazy person and they do this <laughs> a lot in yeah, in yeah. films and it really bothers me because it's a, a very american trope i think because sure. of stupid trump and I don't care. I said that. Um, <laughs> you know, the whole climate change thing. As, the, sure. as soon as you bring climate change up in an American film, you are the villain instantly, aren't you? And it's like, it's oh, come on, guys. And it's interesting that the other guy, the husband or whatever, he was, he he was, was the actually, guy that loved animals. Yes. But, the, but he, he wanted monsters. to kill everything. Yeah. It was very strange. <laughs> but Mothra for the win, right? Mothra was, <laughs> was, was amazing. Cool. Favorite character. Hands down. <laughs> Sparkles. Sparkles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, how would you rate uh, Gods of the Kingdom of Monsters then, Chris? You get one thumbs up. Okay. It still ultimately ended up just being a monster movie. A like, big popcorn film. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, I liked that they didn't get too much into the fighting and stuff. Like, Yeah, I, I liked that they didn't focus too much on the just little, like the fight at the end, you know. And they, they, they tried to make it into a bit more of a plot, a bit more of a story. Personally, I can see <laughs> Nicholas shaking, shaking my head. head but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. It's your opinion. Yeah, and I just thought it, it had it had good quality behind it. Like, yeah, some, definitely. Yeah. I mean, all the neon was amazing. I don't know mm. if you, you know when um, Godzilla was powering up and you could see it going up his tail, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was amazing. The blue, and then and then cool. the fire. Yeah, and hit the under cool. underground undersea city. Yeah, like some sort of ancient civilization Almost that obviously mm. yeah worshipped him as a god or something yeah that was, i mean it makes sense godzilla right mm. just, i would give it that. one thumbs up too okay fair play okay. for different reasons yes interesting <laughs> <laughs> we saw book smart we did it was nicola was giggling away in this you, oh you well, i couldn't a stop i was having a whale of a time <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad the f- screening wasn't full because yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah embarrassing anyway i i had a ball with this film i don't know yeah. if you did but i good. really enjoyed, I enjoyed it, it. Yeah, i yeah. thought it was it's so fun and i can't believe this was olivia wilde's like debut directorial directorial debut yes uh, <laughs> it was just really impressive i thought it was really well done and the two leads uh so caitlin Dever and Beanie Wildston, who was also in What We Do in the Shadows, uh, were just fantastic. So yeah. so good, just so funny, and it did it did very much feel like. Uh, it just felt very genuine. It kind of really encapsulated that feel of you know moving on from like high school and college and. Yeah. yeah, I kind of, I, I did, I very much, um, what's the word? Uh, identified? Identified with really? this film. Yes. Well, it's just because I was kind of similar to them. I did I did a lot of diddying and stuff and then found out the other guys were... <laughs> 
having a ball of a time. Yeah, and I was like, ah. And they did fine anyway, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, live your life, guys. That's that's sort of the main motto, yeah. really. And the soundtrack was just fantastic, too. And there was also <laughs> another character. Was it Gigi? She was just so funny. <laughs> yes, Billy Law's Gigi. Oh, she just yeah, kept popping brilliant. up everywhere. Yeah, just, just appeared. <laughs> I, yeah, I liked that it was, I felt like most high school kind of coming of age type films, they can be quite negative about yeah. high school. But this one, it has quite a positive look. It was, where yeah. There weren't really any bad kids in it. Mm. They, they still had all the different groups of people like Jocks and whatnot, yeah. But everyone sort of got along, which yeah. was quite nice. It's quite a different take, I thought. Yeah, and the central relationship was really, really good between these two. I love how they complimented each other as well. <laughs> yeah. You look so good, like blah, blah, blah. Oh, it, was just, <laughs> it was just funny how they did it. Really just good. dancing. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so yeah, I really, really love this one. Cool. So I'd give it two thumbs up. Okay. Yeah, I'd give it a sod it, yeah, two thumbs up. Still. Wow, okay. I don't know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not thinking about it too deeply, but yeah, right. sure. Let's talk about Always Be My Baby first, <laughs> okay, sure, shall sure, we? Sure. Let's do that. Always Be My Maybe, even, sorry. Always yes. Be My Maybe. So yes. this is a Netflix original film, mm-hmm. and it is... Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. That's all we're going to say <laughs> yeah. about it, right? <laughs> pretty much. So it's pretty much like a, a bit of a bog standard rom-com, in a way, but it's, it's good for, obviously, Asian representation. Sure. Which is good because they're not ninjas for once or, you know, <laughs> kung fu. Because honestly, they're very stereotypical, isn't it, when sure, it comes maybe, to Asian maybe. representation. So consider that. That's interesting. So, <laughs> so for once, there. they're the actual sort of main characters, which is great. Sure, sure. And obviously in Western films. So right. yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah. And you've also got a strong female character there. So sure. that's good. Yeah. She's, uh, she's the strong one and he's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like sure. the weed smoking, band playing. <laughs> but I did feel, feel like the the film was judging him for that. And I kind okay. of feel like, just let him live his life if that's what he wants us to do. <laughs> Fair Why are you forcing him to go to these weird, like, I don't know. Okay. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If that's what you want to do with your life, then yeah, he's just it? not a very um, sort of, I want to say achiever. He's not a high achiever, but you don't have to be. You know? Fair play. So I thought she was a bit of a dick when she was like, why aren't you coming with me? <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. leave, just leave him alone. Anyway, so Keanu Reeves, <laughs> so <laughs> he has a fantastic cameo in this. And this is pretty much the reason why I watched this film. Because yeah. I've been seeing like the GIFs and the videos on, on Twitter for a while. And I was like, where is this from? And then I was like, oh, this film, I need to watch it. And I was not disappointed. So, so funny. He played a real ass, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to be playing himself as well, which is the funny thing. Like, yeah. He's playing, Keanu Reeves playing Keanu Reeves, you know? And yeah, he was playing an arsehole, which was brilliant. I loved him in it. I thought he was great. He was definitely the best thing about the movie for me. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I enjoyed it. I thought it was, like you said, pretty straightforward rom-com, really. Yeah. But I enjoyed it and I, and I liked Keanu Reeves. So I would give it one thumbs up. Yeah, I think so. One thumbs up. Cool. Brightburn or Dark Phoenix? Bright. Right, Brightburn then. So yeah, Brightburn, been out in the US for a while now, which is annoying. Uh, but UK it is coming out on June the 19th. And there's also a Cineworld Unlimited screening. But it would have happened by the time this came out. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was interesting. So it was sort of like an Elseworlds take on the Superman origin story. Yes. So it's basically about, you know, the, the story we all know. Alien Child Comes to Earth. Yes. Crash lands crash in lands. like a farm. Turns out to have powers. <laughs> yes. But isn't the pinnacle of hope that perhaps no. Superman is. Mm, he's the mm. complete opposite. Complete opposite. <laughs> complete sure. opposite. And yeah, I, as I said 
yeah, I'm a huge wimp when it comes to horror. And you yeah. were like, you flat out refused to see this, I, didn't no, you? No, not in the cinema. No. Not for not me. I felt very proud of myself for watching this. Well done. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm proud of you too. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised by this film, actually. I kind of went in yeah. and I was like, it's a horror film. I'm not going to like this. And actually, it was better than I thought. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I'm handling horrors better. I watched It, which was quite scary. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, actually, not too bad. I was very impressed with the horror elements because obviously it's a superhero genre mixed with like horror genre, yeah. which is interesting to see because for me, a superhero films have become a bit formulaic. Yeah. So maybe. it's nice to see that kind of revitalized a little bit with something else thrown in the mix. But it was a bit of a sort of simple story. We'd all kind of seen it before. Um, but the visual effects are really, really good. And the horror bits were fantastic. And it was very gory as well. Literally jaw-dropping at one point, we oh. shall say. And <laughs> yeah. uh, So if you're a fan of uh, more of the horror sort of genre, I think you'll really enjoy this. I mean, the jump scares are really good. Um, and... As I said, just the gore and the blood was, wow. <laughs> yeah. So very good. Also, uh, some of the characters were pretty impressive. So Elizabeth Banks, you know, from Hunger Games and also Power Rangers. Indeed, indeed. She's always great. So yeah, she yeah. was very, very good as the mother, Tori. Uh, David Denham, who was in The Office um, as Kyle Breyer, he was really, really good as well. Um, and their friend called Matt Jones, who's Noah, uh, was absolutely hilarious. There was a scene where I'm not going to spoil too much, but he was in a car and and Brightburn was there and mm. things happened. He was like, nope, nope, not not for me. <laughs> it was really funny. Yes. <laughs> like he knew what was going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, it was a bit sort of self-referential in that way. And yeah, very, very funny. Uh, Jackson A. Dunn as Brandon Breyer was absolutely terrifying as well. And I really bought it. And um, very, very interesting end credit scene as well which sets things up for possibly a wider universe. So stay out for that. Also, a very fun cameo from Michael Rooker, which was good. It's just very interesting. I liked Venom, and I kind of like sometimes the villains a little bit more. Mm. So it was kind of intriguing to see it from a different standpoint. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would give us a one thumbs up. So if you are a horror fan, I think you'll enjoy this. Cool. Okay, so the big one, Dark Phoenix, eh? (laughs) What can we say about X-Men Dark Phoenix that hasn't already been said? (laughs) Probably not much. Yeah, uh, I kind of came out and just put on Twitter, well, this was underwhelming. (laughs) I'd go a bit further than that. Really? Um, That's a waste of time, isn't it? Didn't you feel? I was (laughs) bored. Yeah, I was kind of bored. Maybe I was just bored sitting there like, come on, get on with it. Like a bit... I feel like they were trying to make it like on the level of Logan or something, but just completely failing. Like, <laughs> yeah. They were trying to do emotional scenes of like, you know, we, we feel really bad for this character and stuff. And yet it's supposed to be this, I don't know, I feel like they were mi- mixing up their themes a little bit and it wasn't mm. quite working. Yeah, it was just a bit of a mess, really. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it happened. I mean, I feel like they were trying to incorporate two different stories as well. Like we have the story with Phoenix. Yeah where she goes off the deep end and sort of becomes this bad force or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think they needed the stuff with the alien gloop going into her and any of that, yeah. really. They could have cut that whole thing out, cut the whole alien storyline out and just had focused on her, and I think that would have been better. Or they could have just not had that at all and just had the alien storyline. Mm. And, like, X-Men and humans coming together for once 
to defeat the alien invasion yes. or something like that and had it be big more a bit more out in space and a bit more large scale yeah. less trains that sort of thing you know <laughs> <laughs> Um, just something different so i feel like there were two kind of competing storylines there it wasn't really working for me yeah it's just mostly slow and boring and lots of mm. just lingering on shots that didn't need that kind of it's felt very british and... in that way didn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah lots of looking into the distance um yeah. but we all know the production ways with this film don't we so it yes. was pushed back a number of times there were reshoots they completely reshot the ending that was supposed to be in space Whereas we had it on a train. <laughs> Ooh. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they were rewriting things apparently on set, which isn't a good sign. Not a good sign, is it? No. no. So I think, I don't know, I was just really disappointed by this. I really wanted to like it, which, yeah. because it's the last hurrah with this amazing cast. Sure. And it just, it went out with a, what's the, what's the phrase? Yes, yeah, not a bang, but a whimper. Mm-hmm. Literally, it just kind of went, fizzled eh. out. Yeah, it's like half of them didn't really turn up. Like Jennifer Lawrence, <laughs> she was like, "I do not want to be involved in this I'm anymore." Done. Yeah. <laughs> Just get rid of me. <laughs> I think the end got a little bit better. I was kind of sometimes a little bit interested in the yeah. end. But, but the uh, thing is, I don't know why they did it in the first place. And I know that sounds bad, but we had the last stand, didn't yeah. we? So that was already the Phoenix story. And in Apocalypse, which I haven't watched for ages, but I remember she used the Phoenix yeah, Force she, to beat she, Apocalypse. She did the Phoenix thing already, right? Yeah, so why are they bringing it in again? There's a lot of timey-wimey things hmm. that I they've messed up. Apocalypse, so I'm not just being... Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> I know <laughs> everyone hated being, it. Uh, a hater here, really. <laughs> yeah. It's just not a good film, is it's it? It's not, so. no. Uh, but it's just a shame, because the cast is just fantastic, and I think they really let the cast down. Yeah. So, not much has to really say about it. Really, so, on that it? note. <laughs> yeah. How would you rate this then, Chris? Oh, two thumbs down. Waste of time. I yeah. don't want to be in there. I was just thinking, getting home, getting my dinner on. So. <laughs> getting my dinner on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... The guy next to us was... Oh, my. Someone was on their phone a lot as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what is... Cinema etiquette is shite. No, I'm sorry. In this yeah, case. Like, like, okay. The guy next to us was fidgeting. I, I was like, I yeah. get it. I get so it. many people went to the toilet as well. I was like, wow, I've never seen this so much. <laughs> I'm sure some of them didn't come back. To yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so out of all of that, which which top films would you pick then, Chris? Rocket Man was top one. And okay. then Godzilla King of Monsters was right. It was better than I was expecting. So yeah. yeah. Booksmart was good too. Booksmart was good too, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> done. Done. Job done. So our interview for this episode is with Eva Carradine, who plays Naomi in Handmaid's Tale. Which is now back for season three. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Janet Stein in Runaways. Yes, which is also going to be back for season three. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's maybe a slight timing with this interview. Yes, Yes. So yeah, um, if you're a fan of Runaways and Handmaid's Tale, then I really hope you enjoy this interview. Fantastic. I just want to say congratulations on such a great series we want to raise. It's finally aired over here in the UK. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so no more spoilers, thankfully. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, then no spoilers. Marvel's crazy about spoilers and I don't <laughs> yeah. want to give anything up. Okay, good. Right. <laughs> so first question, how much fun was it to play Janet this season as she got way more involved with the science and like tech side of the show? You know, it was so fun. Like, I have to say, first season, I loved, and I loved 
Janet kind of came out of her shell a little bit halfway through season one, but then season two, when Victor was in the tube, she really got to show who she was, and it was so fun. I mean, I love the show, and I love this cast, so I love it anyway, even if I don't have a lot to do in the episodes, but I I really, I, I loved it. I loved showing Janet's smarts you will <laughs> yeah I mean it kind of makes a difference from like last season she was all a little bit shy and obviously Victor was the the main power in the couple wasn't he well yeah I mean she was a little like you know she she was a little like the uh behind the curtain and this season without Victor there for the beginning anyway she really got to show her stuff and in doing that and coming out from behind the curtain I feel like she got to find her voice too when she you know sort of insists to, to Victor and Robert that she wants in on the think tank. Like, I love that. That was one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, how did you first get involved in Marvel and what was your audition like? Because they are very, as you said, very secretive, aren't they? They're so secretive. It's really, yeah, that part was difficult. <laughs> I, um, how did I get involved? You know, I was shooting Handmaid's Tale in Toronto and I flew home. I had just wrapped the first season of Handmaid's Tale and I flew home like on a maybe on a Wednesday and I had the audition waiting for me in my email and it had a different name it wasn't called Runaways it was a a dummy name and Mm -hmm. I think it said it was a Marvel show but I saw Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage who I've always wanted to work with so I thought I'll go in on this mystery project with no (laughs) information and no script and just two pages of sides and I went in on Thursday and then on Friday I tested for the show and then I think by the following Monday I was at the table read with the whole cast so it was very quick yeah, very quick turnaround. So d- did you read the comic book at all? very or? quick turnaround. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't. I got, the, I got the comic book after I got the job because before I got the job, I didn't know what it was called. I didn't know it was Runaways. <laughs> yeah, I, true. I was just, it was just a bogus name on a, on a sheet of paper. Um, so, yeah, so I got the comic books after. But then I didn't read them all. I just sort of stick to the script and the script story, and then I stick to... You know, I'm, I'm, I have friends who are diehard Runaways fans, so they sort of give me the broad strokes from the comic books. But we've departed from those stories now, so I don't feel like I need them. Yeah. And what is it being like? What is, uh, what is life been like since you've been in, like, Marvel Universe? Because, you know, have you been to Comic-Con and met all the, you know, diehard fans? I haven't Comic-Con. I've definitely learned to keep my mouth shut regarding <laughs> any story thing because the Marvel fans are so special and so diehard that if you give them even, like, the smallest kernel, they can probably figure out what the story is. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> I really have just learned to keep my mouth shut or pretend that I've forgotten. (laughs) Um, And then also, you know, with Twitter and Instagram, you get a lot of contact with fans now, and they do these really funny pictures and write nice notes. And I I love being, I feel, I'm so excited. I feel so honored to be in the Marvel family, really. Yeah. And what did you enjoy most about working on Runaways? I mean, it seems like the cast really, really get on. You seem like a really great bunch. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if you've talked to anybody else on our cast, but I will say, like, Patrick Rush, our casting director, and Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage have really put together a group. There's 16 series regulars, and usually when you have that many people, 
it's fine. Not everybody gets along or maybe you got one or two bad apples maybe and you just sort of do your own thing. But I have to say, like, we have 16 series regulars who all really get along. We really respect each other. Everybody, while they may work differently, has a very serious work ethic, which is helpful when you're trying to get a lot a lot of work done in a in a 12-hour day. Um, so it's been great. It's a great cast. I've never had an experience like this. <laughs> it does actually really come it really comes across so it is pretty good. <laughs> and yeah, I believe that too. I believe that I believe it translates and I I can see it. Especially, you know, we do all these scenes where the pride is together and there's 10 of us in a room and you know, maybe the scene is 3 minutes, but it took 8 hours to shoot. So <laughs> you just have to think about spending 8 hours in a room with 10 people that someone's usually going to, you know, get grumpy and <laughs> we all uh no, we all take care of each other. It's been great. And those scenes have become some of my, my favorite. Oh, yeah. We've got to talk about that cliffhanger, though. I mean, where would you? what were your reactions when you read the script for that episode? Well, I was like a little nervous. You mean the end, the, the finale? Yeah, the final bit. Yeah, I was a little nervous I wasn't going to have a job. <laughs> no, but a little bit. I was like, we're going to get out of here. They're not going to eat me, are they? Um, I love it. I think it's so great. It's so strong, and I cannot wait. I mean, we're still waiting to hear if we're picked up for season three, but hopefully we are, and we'll get to see what happens to all these people. Yeah, definitely. And if you if you do get renewed, which touch what I really hope so, where would you like to see Janet in the next series? You know, I'd like to see Janet pick up where she left off and not regress. I mean, the thing that I loved about the way the season wrapped up is that Janet and Chase are sort of bond together to try to fight well I guess he's not in, entirely Victor he's like Victor mixed with Jonah but I um I, I love when the characters get joint forces to try to for to try to uh take down evil if you will yeah <laughs> so hopefully we'll pick up where we left off hopefully she won't get back behind the curtain I mean if we learned anything in season two they there is life after the tube, so hopefully we get out of the tube. I mean, I wonder, if, are we just asleep in there? I don't even know. This is the other part. I try not to ask too many questions because I don't want to reveal anything that I'm not supposed to. So I don't even know what our what our state is in those tubes. <laughs> it's kind of like harvesting in a way, I think. Is that, that kind of the... I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> I love the three aliens together, though. Like, I love Alien Tina and Alien Victor. And Alien Stacy all just sitting in that room together. I think it's so great. I can't wait to see what happens with them. I mean, I bet they had so much fun playing like an alien, right? <laughs> so much fun. And then, you know, um, James, uh, who plays my husband, who plays Victor on the show, he did a lot of work with Julian to get his mannerisms and to get his kind of cadence in his speech. I think he did such, an, such a great job. And one day I asked him, I was like, who are you right now? I said, are you Victor or <laughs> yeah. are you Donut? And he looked at me like I'd like kicked a puppy. And I was like, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm just totally kidding. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult though because you all seem like really nice people and then you have to play real like big villains, don't you? I know. I have to say I've noticed that a lot. Like usually the nicest people are the ones they hire to play the, the real villains. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's been true like on Handmaid's Tale and Dowd who couldn't be a more lovely person plays on Lydia who's just like couldn't be couldn't be scarier so it's yeah there's something there's something to it yeah uh, just briefly talking about Handmaid's Tale so what's it like on set because it, it is quite a tough show isn't it 
It's a very tough show. Do you guys have that there? We do, yes. You do, okay. Yeah, it's a very tough show, but I think it, you know, not, maybe a Tulu has a good job at arranging, at, at, at casting. Um, that, too, is just great. It's an exceptional group of people who really shows up and, and gets to work and has the ability to laugh and loosen up between takes. But, you know, it's uh, it's a great set. I love being on that set. It's one show where, like, at the end of the day, I do kind of feel like I need a hug and a nice glass of wine. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. And to just go back to the real world. Like, it's still there sort of thing. Back to the Exactly. We're still here. I can still make a phone call. I don't have to wear teal. I can <laughs> yeah. read. Yeah. Uh, so for your character in the next series, would you like to see her? Because obviously Serena sort of took a stand, didn't she? Would you kind of like to see her join Serena? Or I would love it. I would. There's a couple things that I would hope for that God, goodness knows. Now, see, I don't even want to say God knows because I'm talking about him. So goodness knows it will happen. But like, I would love to see a backstory for Naomi. I'd love to see who she was before it was Gilead. And yeah, I would like to see her stand side by side with Serena for sure. Definitely. And are you going to be reading this? But I this? can't tell you anything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are they as bad as Marvel? <laughs> they... Um, no, they're not. No, no one is as strict as Marvel because I think that Marvel has to deal with like a very unique fan base that you cannot let your guard down with. And I think our Handmaid's Tale is just sort of understood to keep your mouth shut about what the shows are about. But no, it's very different. No, Marvel, I have my own Marvel email and all that stuff. Ooh. Full on. I know. Nice. So are you going to be reading the sequel to The Handmaid's Tale? Because they've just announced the new book, haven't they? I can't wait. I'm not. When does it come out? This year or next? Um, I think it's late I this can't year or, or early next year. Yes, I'll definitely read the sequel. I can't wait. I can't wait. I plowed through the first one a couple times when I got that. Was a show that when I got it, I did pick the book up and reread it because I hadn't read it for years. <laughs> well, it's difficult now because you've gone past the source material, haven't you? Yes, way past the source material, but but still the source material I think is the foundation. You know, I think Margaret Atwood really laid the groundwork for the world and now um, Bruce Miller is brilliantly running with it. Definitely. So the final question, um, what's next for you? Obviously Handmaid well, hopefully Handmaid's Tale. Handmaids, yeah, we've begun filming. I've done one episode. I'm supposed to go back next month and do another. Um, and then hopefully, you know, season three of Runaways would start late spring, early summer. <laughs> or fall. I don't know if I'm allowed to say when it would start. Sometime this year, it would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. So just all the fans get on social media. And then you media. know, I have two young, I have two young kids, and so I've really, I've been doing this. I've been acting a long time, and the most valuable piece I, of advice I was ever given is to really enjoy your downtime, and so that's what I'm trying to do. With a glass of wine after Handmaid's Tale. With a glass of wine, right? Or with my kids at the park and a cup of coffee. But, yeah, no, I'm really just trying to enjoy the downtime because when it's busy, it is it is really busy. So it's been very – I have all of January off, which has been amazing. Oh, fantastic. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank um, you for letting me say spoilers so I didn't. I wasn't anxious. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Fingers crossed that Runaways gets picked up for season three. I, fingers crossed it happens soon. So 
your time to announce our latest bundle giveaway winner. Yes. So what bundle were we giving away then, Chris? Right, we got an MCM Pop bundle from when we went to MCM the other week. Yep. We got a giant Thanos Pop, Red Robin, and a gold Star Wars Pop. Darth Vader Darth Pop. Vader. Yes. yes. <laughs> so yeah, these are all MCM exclusive. So they've got the fancy sticker. Yeah, they've got a little sticker on them. Got a little sticker on them. <laughs> a little sticker on them. Because <laughs> that, that puts the price up so much more. It's ridiculous. It's just a tiny little sticker. Yeah. Saying that, I have got about four or five now. That. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't help it. Damn it. Okay, so without further nonsense from me, the winner is... <laughs> Chris at Jalnerd from Jumpcut Online. Ooh. So congratulations. I really do hope you like Funko Pops because that could be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but please, please DM us your address and where you like them sending to. So yeah, what are we giving away in this episode then, Chris? We're giving away an X-Men bundle, which will be a couple of Blu-rays, Funko Pop and a poster. Ooh. Yeah. So how do they go about entering this competition then, Chris? Right, go check out our Twitter. We'll have a little, we'll have our main post with our episode and then pin underneath yep. will, yes, pin tweet indeed, <laughs> underneath will have a reply with the competition tweet and you just have to... Like, retweet and then comment below. Yes. Okay, well, thank you everyone for entering the last one and we wish you very good luck in the next competition. Indeed. So we'll be drawing that in about a week and a half, normally on a Friday. Yes. And let you know in the next episode. Yes. Okay, good luck. Hog topic time. Hog topic time. So we thought we'd do something a little bit different. We do a poll this time. Mm. And uh, since we were kind of reviewing Dark Phoenix, let's talk about X-Men. Why not? They're one of my favourites. So, <laughs> not one of Chris's. Um, so I asked, help me settle this once and for all. Which is the best X-Men outing from the franchise? So obviously polls on Twitter. You only get four entries, I'm afraid. I know some people had a go at me over this, but I'm sorry. <laughs> So the films I chose were X-Men 2000, X-Men uh, X2, 2003, X-Men First Class in 2011, or X-Men Days of Future Past in 2014. Mm -hmm. So uh, without further ado, let's uh, start from the top. So winner was with 37% X-Men Days of Future Past. Mm -hmm. uh, the next up, we've got with 25% X2 from 2003. Third came X-Men First Class with 22% of the votes. And at the bottom, weirdly enough, the, the one that kicked it all off with 16% was X-Men back in 2000. Go to the comments. So Dave Horrocks at Raging Base UK said, X-Men 2000 was fantastic in bringing a lot of iconic characters to the screen. But I think First Class just captures those early X-Men days well, even though it wasn't the original team. Next up, we got Lillian Sue at Alsu23, who said X2 was the pinnacle. Still not enough Nightcrawler, though. One of the few characters that I enjoyed both the adult and teen versions equally in the universe. Yeah, there wasn't much Nightcrawler at all, actually. I mean, there was quite a lot in Dark Phoenix, which we've spoken yes, about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, we got Jack and the Geek's dog at Jack Geek's Silk, who said, My favourite will always be X2, but Logan is probably the best. Yes, I agree. Mm. I, well, I agree on Logan. Yeah. Oh, cat, cat's out the bag. <laughs> <laughs> cat's out the bag. The thing is, though, with Logan, I loved it. It was fantastic. I mean, mm. it was amazing, but I don't think I'll ever be able to watch it again. Because it's too sad. Yeah. I think it's the best quality one. Yes, that's, true. That's what I would say. And since I don't necessarily love most of them, I think <laughs> Days of Future Past was pretty good. Yeah. So that would probably be my second choice. So. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, next up, we've got Keith Bloomfield at Harlock underscore hotel, who said, personally, I prefer the Wolverine to Logan. <gasps> Shocker. Interesting, interesting. Logan does look ace in black and white, though. X2 is still the most X-Men-like movie. Hmm. There's a lot of uh, Wolverine going on there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like the most iconic character. He's the one that's been in like all of them, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I suppose it's just difficult now, isn't it? Because obviously Hugh Jackman's done his time. Yeah. Uh, who the hell are they going to replace him with is the difficult one. Yeah, I think like you, you were saying before that we should probably not focus on Wolverine at this point. Yes, I think okay. because obviously, you know, the whole Marvel and Fox merger yeah. if i ever do reboot the x-men i don't feel like he should be the main focus anymore because mm. i mean he's been done a lot i mean i love i love x i love wolverine don't yeah. get me wrong but we need some you know fresh blood in there don't we i still really want to see a rogue and a gambit that are really good mm. <laughs> and a kitty pride as well because i don't think she's really had a proper sort of yeah he needs to see some more characters like mm. i like that dc at the moment are doing some sort of lesser know, known lesser known yeah. ones like shazam Yes. And they made Aquaman, Aquaman. cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tree. Uh, so next up, Jim Bob Squarepants at Vintage TT literally just said Logan. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it's in a completely different league to the others. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I just, I can't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jim Bob. So M at Verbal Diorama at Verbal Diorama said literally just watched X2 on film four. It's so good, but a little dated. Days of Future Past is best of the prequels by far. Logan, I consider in a different league entirely. I yes. think there's a general consensus yeah. here, really, yeah. isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Wolver Steve at Wolver Steve said, tough call from those four. For me, X2 just edges it, but Days of Future Past is truly epic. Nice. Mm. Red Code X Concepts at Code Red Shell said, first class. Uh, Wednesday Comics at Wednesday Comics literally just put a gif of, I think it's, yeah, Days of Future Past scene, you know, with um, Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yeah. yeah. It, he's got to be one of the best characters. I really enjoyed that scene. Yeah. That really <laughs> well, that, that that was missing from Dark Phoenix, wasn't it? It was looking he, for a bit of humour there. moment, didn't he? Well, hardly. It yeah, was hardly. like jumped over a bit of wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because in that one, um, Days of Future Past and I think Apocalypse, he had, you know, the fun scene with music mm, yeah where, yeah and that huh, yeah which one was that so there's one i remember one where he was like saving bringing everyone outside the manor or whatever yes that i think that was apocalypse yeah and, and then, oh yeah, yeah and then there was the other one where he was in the white house was in the white house no the pentagon yes yes yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay yeah i just love those moments they're really fun <laughs> yeah. yeah it was kind of just brushed aside literally wasn't it in this yeah, latest film because like, she was just literally, like yeah <laughs> you're out of the game <laughs> it, was just, it was just enough to show you that yeah she was she was quicker than yeah was, which is it was like that superman moment in justice league wasn't it you know when the flash was like running oh, along yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. he just turned his head and the flash was like what the hell <laughs> that was great yeah true 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 uh so next up we got simon cook at earl of denby he said can't really vote as i think they're all poor <laughs> <laughs> no, it's controversial. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Chris is like, but... yeah, I agree. <laughs> what, no. is it, what is it about X Men? Come on, just. Uh, I, I just, feel like I we think, need to do counselling here. I, think what, it's why? The whole, I have issue with the whole concept. I just why? don't believe that because with the X Men, right? There's a lot of them. Yeah. So it's like same with the Avengers. A large though. No, there's not. There's like ten Avengers or something, isn't there? Okay. Well, in the films, there's not that many. <laughs> okay. Okay. In the X Men, it's like a large part of the population, right? It's right. got this gene or whatever. Yeah. So 
like I don't know, ten percent more. So then I can't, I just can't see that we would play well together. Like, I know <laughs> right. that that's the theme of most of the movies is that yeah. we don't play well together, but. Well, you know what the whole it represented? I think was it, I can't remember what, it was all about, you know, like um, marginalised people. It was all about sort of racism mm. and um, homophobia and all, all that kind of thing. That's what it symbolised. Yeah, but it's a little different because they actually have powers <laughs> and occasionally explode and kill people. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know what I think. And plus, I don't buy the whole genes would give you like these crazy powers thing. Really? But you're okay with Iron Man and Hulk and... Yes. <laughs> In short, yes. Well, like Thor is supposed to be a god, right? That's okay. He's like an alien. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Hulk, like he's got this weird, this weird thing, radi- radiation yeah, stuff. It's like accidents. Some sort of chemicals involved and things. I don't know. I, just, <laughs> okay. I don't know. I can't explain it. Okay. Right. But for some reason, it doesn't resonate with me it jars as a concept. You, it? Okay. As much as some of the other... So you can't concept going it. around and also when you have lots of people it kind of weakens it's like inflation right so <laughs> character <laughs> there's only development one there's yeah. only one man, but then again there's only one people with certain powers and thing but <laughs> i can't explain it okay there's loads of them and okay. so it's like the idea of having a power is then weakened because there's so many people with powers and it just yeah. becomes this annoying thing that people are like oh that's another guy that might cause some trouble around here do you know what i mean <laughs> Richard M. Borgs at Professor Go said it's a toss up for me between X2 and First Class, but it could be because First Class felt like it came out of nowhere and surprised me. Fair play. Fair play. So cool at cool underscore 13. So I've got to say K-U-H-L, not cool. I know I say use weird, so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They said days of future past and put a gif of what is that guy's name? I like lamp. From oh Anchorman. yeah, yeah. Uh, brick. <laughs> That's the that one brick. What's, what's he said, "Ha ha ha, good one." <laughs> uh, Steve Crow. Steve Crow. There we go. Of course. <laughs> yes. George Armani at the RPG RPGER said, "Everyone needs to stop what they're doing and watch X Two again. Best opening scene in any comic related movie." okay so chris how would you rate the X Men films then? I kind of have this thing where I think of comic book films as before iron man not very good (laughs) so this is like uh bc and ad yeah 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 Yeah. after iron man Man was the first one that really grabbed me and kind of brought me into the genre because before that i'd watched a lot of them but i was never really like that into it do you know what i mean Mm. So yeah, I kind of think of them as two separate eras, really. So, but I have liked the more recent, like, uh, okay, like McAvoy and Fassbender and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that stuff. It was all right. I didn't love it, (laughs) you know. Okay, sorry. I mean, it's just not for me. It's fine. I mean, if you enjoy it, that's cool. Live your life, Chris. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I will live my life. (laughs) I encourage everyone else to do the same. So what about you? Oh, I find this so difficult because for me, say, if we're going to buy your sort of judge, right, right, judging, right. Yeah, yeah. we've got before Iron Man. I absolutely loved, for me, the big ones were X-Men and Spider-Man films. Sure. So, you know, yeah, the Tobey Maguire were like, no, I know. <laughs> Why yep. are we together? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also really like The Dark Knight, which I know you didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watchmen? Yeah, that was, that, yeah. Was pretty, that was pretty good. It was quite, yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, X-Men, for my family, they were big films for okay. us. So okay. it's difficult because I really, really love the originals, but then I really like the new ones too. So I, I don't know really know where I sit because both casts are fantastic. I mean, the new ones, I think they've done it so much better because obviously effects and budget and things. Because effects. Because, because effects, budgets. yes. Yeah. And also, you know, Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy, Nicholas Holt, Jennifer Lawrence. It is a good it's cast. an amazing it's a good cast. cast. So it, it is very tricky. I think it would be Days of Future Past because obviously they brought both casts together and I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for me, I think that one's top. Um, and then possibly close between X-Men and X2 because, you know, Wolverine and everything. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I'd probably put Logan third. Don't kill me. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Just because, literally because I can't watch it again. Yeah, That's yeah. the only reason. It's not an enjoyable film. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good quality yeah. film. But if you don't enjoy it, then, you know, fair play. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, job done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thank you very much, everyone, who voted and left a comment. Yes, and I'm sorry for my views on the X-Men. <laughs> Get but, out, um, Christopher. <laughs> I'll, I'll just leave. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening guys really hope you enjoyed this episode if you'd like to get in touch with us in any way or if you'd like to take part in any hawk topics how do they go about doing that then chris right we're most active on twitter forward slash we have a hawk pod we're also on facebook and instagram forward slash we have a hawk pod and we're also on youtube we have a hawk nicola also does a lot of writings and bloggings on her website we have a hawk.co.uk yes so what are going to be talking about in the next upcoming episode then, Chris? I've just got the upcoming releases up on IMDb. Mm-hmm. And Men in Black International is going to be out on the 14th of June. Friday the 14th of June. Should be within our time period. Yes. So this will come out on the 11th and the next episode will be on the 25th. So yeah, 14th of June, Men in Black International, which I'm sure we'll see because it's Men in Black. Sure. And Chris Hemsworth and Emma Thompson. Uh, 19th of June is Brightburn. So if you want to go and check that one out, it's out on the Wednesday. Um, And then on the 21st of June, Friday, is Toy Story 4. Mm. Which will be interesting. Visuals look good for that. Have you seen the trailer? Yeah. yeah, I mean, the cat looks really impressive. I don't know if you noticed that. I uh, probably need to watch it more closely, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, just comparing it to like the original Toy Story, it looks quite different now, doesn't yes, it? Yes, definitely. And also, Keanu Reeves is voicing Duke Kaboom. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. that's going to be a highlight, obviously. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure that they needed to do a Toy Story 4. I think they, they rounded it off so well in Toy Story 3. Hmm. Obviously... I love the characters, so obviously I'll see it again. But yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. They know you'll they know you'll go. So yeah, once again, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you're a new listener, really hope you enjoyed it. And go and check out some of the other interviews we've done and previous episodes. And if you're a returning listener, then thank you so much. We do love you. Love you very much. Thank you. Okay, so hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye.